This episode is brought to you by Rancho La Gloria Margarita. Strawberry flavored. It's delicious. And it was right down the street at Quick Trip. Alrighty. Uh, welcome to this bullshit right here. A podcast where I watch movies that my friends like and think I won't. Uh, I'm Tyler, your host. And with me tonight is Ron, your host. Hey, good Say morning, hello. everyone. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And today we watched The House That Jack Built. All right, we're going to talk about it at least. We didn't watch it today. I watched it on a different day. But The House That Jack Built, uh, not to be confused with Jack and the Beanstalk or Jack the Giant Slayer? Or Robin Williams's Jack? Or Jack. This has no giants in it and... Uh, alas, no Robin Williams. Although, if you want to see him in a uh, in a similar movie, watch One Hour Photo. <laughs> or... Because I want more people to watch One Hour Photo with Robin Williams. Uh, I also recommend The Life of Garp. Actually, just watch every Robin Williams movie. Some people will tell you that there's some of them are bad, but he's gold in all of them. That's true. Uh, He's not bad in any of them. Uh, everything is just fine. So that's the Jack Built. Uh, brought to you by Lars von Trier. Yeah. I was, I was, this is the thing that I've been waiting to give to you for a long time. It's a lo- just a good Lars von Trier movie. I'm so glad that you're so game oh. and willing to say yes to my movies. Because <laughs> it's like... Hey, Ron, I got this movie by uh, Gaspar Noe. Are you trying to go watch it? You're like, sure, what's it about? Don't worry about it. You'll love it. And, or uh, I got I got this movie by, um, oh, and now I forgot his name. The guy that did like Drive and uh, Nicholas Winding Refn. It's like, you're trying to go watch Neon Demon? It's like, sure. Uh, it has colors. Let's, is that Keanu Reeves? Oh, it surely Neon is. Demon. I could talk a lot about Neon Demon uh, as I wandered into that on my own mm-hmm. uh, on just a random day on Netflix. Uh, yeah, you know, Gaspar Noe. Uh, Climax, you say? Sure, I'll go watch that in a, an art uh, art house theater. And then no fun was had by anybody in the audience. I regret nothing, but... Oh. Yeah, so Was it art shouldn't be fun? Is that what it is? Is that what he says? Art should not be fun? Art doesn't have to be fun. Lars von Trier also believes that art should not be fun. That's not true. Uh, I think that art sometimes can be fun with Lars von Trier. Um, but yeah, I'll, let me say what my experience has been with Lars von Trier. Uh, I watched part of Nymphomaniac Volume 1. Open and shut. That's it. <laughs> uh, I thought I had watched more movies of his. Uh, I looked at his IMDb. No, I haven't. I've heard his name repeatedly uh, in movie talking circles, but it turns out I've only watched part of one of his films. <laughs> and it wasn't even the whole story. So there we go. That was my intro. And I saw Lars von Trier. I'm like, oh, this is going to hurt. Like, I don't want to say he's like baby's first edgy director, but he, if. He is the, he is definitely a director for me that every one of his movies that I've watched is like there is a 
a takeaway from it that sticks with me forever. And I don't know if that makes me the most basic. I, I think in certain film film circles, this would make me extremely basic, but maybe, maybe I can't think like Lars von Trio doesn't have a high grossing film. Like he's not James Cameron or Steven Spielberg. So there's so many people that have never heard of Lars von Trier and have never watched uh, his movies but they are striking if that's not like you're the mode that of movies that you usually watch even if, even for like the some of the like Oscar Beatty kind of difficult films this is it's kind of like a has two or three steps above that i'm not trying to like blow Lars von Trier up cuz who cares about Lars von Trier he's just a he's just a, another creator but it's yeah, I'm glad that you had the chance to actually finish one of his movies. I do like the description of Baby's first edgy uh, director because I got to, in, in some of my research, technically post-movie, but what I want to discuss beforehand is uh, he likes to run his mouth in the edgy way, like Baby's first edgy director way, uh, and uh, likes to set himself on fire in front of audiences verbally by especially taken out of context, agreeing with some of the Nazi stuff. Oh, yeah, he's not great. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and, you know, the best way you can take it is still awful because he's an edgy director who runs his mouth for the sake of edginess. There's that certain, was my first impression. Yeah, there's certain times whenever you... In the, uh, in the controversy section of Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that uh, whenever a... a director kind of becomes a character in in their own canon that I can't tell if the thing that is happening is a bit or an act. And at, and at a certain point I start the question, does it even matter? Like there's, there's things that I let uh, a yeah, lot of true. filmmakers get away with that I wouldn't let, you know, a local politician get away with or like my boss or a coworker, but all right. If you keep giving me the the fuel that my like my creative soul needs, I, I'll allow it this time. But you're on thin <laughs> ice. <laughs> but I'm watching but you, I'm watching McCoy. You. Uh, so uh, what's the, now that we've uh, talked a little bit about that, and we're absolutely going to talk about more, not about this movie. Uh, what is this movie about? What What does IMDb say, right. or wherever it is, it, uh, say this movie's about? IMDb says, describes this movie thusly. The house of Jack, the house that Jack built. The story follows Jack, a highly intelligent serial killer, over the course of 12 years and depicts the murders that really develop his inner madman. <sighs> you know what? As far as uh, IMDb. Like synopses go, I don't think that's a very good one. It's one of those. Yes, technically that happened. As far as a synopsis, and go, also misses just about everything. Like, like it doesn't set any real mood for it. It's just one of those. Like, oh, I can read that. I guess though, if you're from the uh, the camp of like the old style trailers where they tell you who's in the movie and what genre it is, and won't tell you anything about the rest of the movie. There's just dramatic music, you know, from way back when. Maybe that's a good synopsis because you can read that synopsis, and I don't think it tells you anything about what's going on in the movie. I don't think that. It I would could. still have no idea how the movie went would go. So, 
I mean, as, as uh, so I guess kudos to that. You could tell there's a serial killer in it, and that might put some people off. So it'll warn away anybody who doesn't want to watch a movie about a serial killer. There we go. I think, at least in this, compared to past instances of an IMDb synopsis, I kind of think IMDb's hands were tied here. Because I don't think that you could... Not say that you're at risk of spoiling it, but I don't know how you can really more accurately describe what happens in this movie with a sentence. Or maybe two sentences. Uh, Fair point. Fair point. With seven paragraphs that also... (laughs) With 10,000 words that become longer than the script itself, uh, then maybe you're going to be able to uh, do that. So let me set the... Let me set the mood for my watching experience with the house that Jack built. Uh, I took a challenge. Um, I didn't quite to get to execute this challenge uh, like I expected it to because my plane flights were too short. However, I decided to watch uh, the house that Jack built in a public place uh, in in the uh, American Airlines lounge, whatever the, the Admiral's lounge. Uh, you know, on an iPad within view of the public. I couldn't do it, you know, on an aisle row on a plane because this movie's too long and I had short flights and I wanted to make sure to get all of the mileage out of it. So I chose uh, a five-hour layover to just make sure if anybody had eyes wandering that uh, who knows what was going to be on this, uh, who knows who knows what was going to be on this screen. Uh, and if anybody's interested, the challenge was from Super Dark Times, uh, which you can check out the episode that we uh, talked about that. So I decided to watch this. Surprisingly, didn't get as much as I expected out of this. Like, fewer panic attacks. I'm like, oh no. Like, some nudity. Uh, but people... Out of context, a lot of the... Uh, in context, out of context, a lot of the subtitling really doesn't do anything. You could look at the subtitling and go like, I have no idea what's going on in that movie. Uh, it is not recognizably god-awful so uh, or offending my sensibilities. So there we go. Uh, surprisingly safe to watch in public <laughs> at the Admiral's Lounge for five hours. I mean, to, to, to preempt the question of like why I picked for this, like, and this is just part of the this is attached to the reason why I wanted you to watch it, but reading about this movie when it first, uh, whenever uh, it was, it first premiered at like Cannes or Tribeca or whatever film festival, it was just audiences and critics storming out of the movie, yelling at Lars von Trier, shaking their fists. Like, I can't believe you would really do something like this on film. And now, was this before or after Nymphomaniac? This was after Nymphomaniac. After Nymphomaniac, them getting that reaction. Yeah, and here's the thing. like Nymphomaniac isn't even, I would say, his most extreme film. Nymphomaniac is actually okay. a come down when it comes to some of the other parts of his filmography. Like, compare Nymphomaniac... Parts one and two to say Antichrist or Melancholia. And yeah, okay. it's okay. 
If you only made it halfway through those, if, if for other reasons, then you might be about the same for the others. But if you were able to, if you saw the rest of them, you'd say like, oh, what else is there? I need more. Try to try his past filmography. Gotcha. Okay. So. Yeah. So I, I, I watched this movie in public where people could see it uh, if they so chose. Uh, to fulfill that challenge uh, and I don't know of anybody who was harmed during the viewing of this film but yeah okay so we got we got into it enough uh, enough lollygagging about this let's get into the meat okay. so uh, what is a thing or things that you liked about it this movie was oh wait very low budget. I don't know how many uh, dozens of dollars were made to for most of this film. It was beautiful. Um, you can say what you want about Lars von Trier, but he knows how to make a scene. He knows how to shoot a scene, or he gets a DP who does. Uh, I don't know. Uh, whatever it is, if he doesn't know it, he knows the guy who or girl who does know it. Uh, because everything was, to me, crisp, well shot, and, like, flowed in the way, like, me watching, I was like, this is flowing, from scene to scene, is flowing in the way that seems to fit this film. So, like, I really, it was a very well put together uh, movie, and the people who were acting in it, um did great like nobody phoned home on it i'm not sure if you can phone home phone well, it's not phone home phone in on a uh large von Trier movie i'm not sure if he allows people to do that i don't think i've never seen anybody uh, do it <laughs> i'm sure there would be floggings uh if if that somehow if somehow somebody said yes to a large von Trier film not knowing lars and then tried to phone it in uh that's the only conceptual way i can see it happening but it didn't happen. Um, yeah, I have a lot of things that I... <laughs> I have a lot of things that I do like about this film. Um, so I guess maybe uh, we should hop over to what I didn't like about the film, which is a very small list, it turns out. Okay. Uh, I would say probably three things. Uh, I'll go with uh, two petty ones. And then one still fairly minor and fairly petty, but not as bad. So the first petty one, I did not appreciate um, a duckling get it, getting its legs snipped off uh, so casually by the psychopath that is the main character, whose name I cannot remember. Uh, I want to be extremely unfair and call him Budget Josh Brolin. I mean, it's, it's Matt Dillon. Uh, how, da- how dare thank you? you. Uh, how thank dare you, you disrespect Matt Dillon like that? It, Oh my it, goodness! It just the name. I've seen him in so many things. I just cannot remember his name. So I decided to uh, stoke the fires and budget Josh you Brolin. Gave me the name immediately. Oh, he's not. He's not. But you got me the name immediately. It was. It's glorious. Uh, from uh, Wild Things fame, and definitely nothing else. <laughs> definitely nothing. Matt Dillon, known for literally and, no other and, movie. 
literally no other movie. Uh, he's he's hardly worked a day in his life. Uh, Matt Dillon, who is also metaphorically killing it in this film. Um, considering some of the other films we watched, I, I felt it a little jarring that while it looked like everything was in, was early 90s, late 80s, something like that, somewhere before the wonders of very modern technology and communications, mainly communications, because that's how you know serial killer mm-hmm. movies are made now, is you make sure that there's no modern communication era, one way or another. Um, so considering all of the other things we've watched in this, I was surprised that they didn't go for it's an 80s movie filter on it. Like a little bit of 80s, like hand camcorder look to it. It didn't need it. I was just considering all the other stuff we've watched. I'm like, why, why, is, why doesn't this have the filter of like a 1970s film? But it otherwise looks like a 1970s film. It's like, it's supposed to be artsy, right? Like, what? Where's the artsy filter? Don't don't you love how like the <laughs> aesthetics of film have shaped the way you understand like the time period? Because think about this: what is a seventy? I remember I asked my parents one day when I was watching an old movie. And I said, "Were people's just eyes different back in the day? Is this how things looked? What are all? Why is the, why? Whenever we watch a seventies productions, it's all." Uh, everything has has been highlighted with brown and taupe. Oh, and distorted sound all the time. Like you, you can't carry a uh, an extended note without wobbling mm-hmm. on the uh, tone at all for any any type of sound. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So that was that was kind of an interesting. That was that was not really a dig. I was just surprised at that one. But yeah, the the, the little duckling uh, getting its feet snipped off. I did have to look it up. That was supposed to be. That was supposedly fake. It's like you never know for sure. I've been burned by. I've been burned before, like by Milo and Otis. But it's just like, ah, oh, I didn't appreciate that. Mm. I can. I can imagine you stopping the movie right then and there and going, "Did the dog die?" dot com and say, "Is this real?" <laughs> just, just hold, hold up, hold up. I am not going to watch. Pump brakes. I'm. I'm a de- I'm a demand a refund for this rental if that was a, a duck and snip. That's why I keep you around because uh, there are surprisingly large amount of people that are that really love a good animal cruelty moment, and you're not one of them. So, no. Uh, let's just say that I absolutely uh, sympathized with John Wick. One puppy gets beat by a bunch, a couple of uh, petty monsters, and you get four full movies of everybody dying because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds about right. Uh, so the second uh, petty thing was, uh, I believe, on the second incident, since this is broken up into incidents. Uh, that poor lady, uh, like first her husband gets eaten by a giant space bug, and then later this a serial killer happens to her. And that was the note I wrote to myself after watching this film because she was the farm lady in uh, Men in Black. Oh, yeah. Well, some I did not put that together. But yeah, that's true. It's It's a bad joke, too. And I wrote that down. That is for an audience of one. It is just for me at that time because I had to decipher uh, 
that joke myself. Uh, the third one is Lars von Trier really loves himself and uh, is very proud of himself and uh, everything he does. Uh, without seeing any other film other than, I guess, technically a little uh, snippet of Nymphomaniac was in there, I knew that a montage of a bunch of other different scenes were absolutely his movies. I knew it. And it turns out, absolutely they were from his catalog. I'm like, you really, really love yourself. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, hey, you know, when you have that kind of self-love, that's great. Uh, but that was definitely, it was like, I bet this is all his movies. It was absolutely all his other movies. So there we go. That, w- that was noticed. Uh, so there, yeah, there's my small list of uh, dislikes. Uh, likes, I did enjoy uh, the, the end journey with... Um, the most famous meme Hitler on the internet himself. That's right. That was him. That was him. Uh, and if anybody's wondering, I don't know the actor's name. Ron will probably get that for me while I'm telling everybody. It was the Hitler from Downfall that was used for any type of angry Hitler uh, getting um, Harry Potter spoiled, uh, anything else spoiled, or just having his day ruined. Yes, hit- uh, it was that guy. His name is Bruno Gantz from Downfall. There we go. Yeah, Downfall. So it was good to see him. I was trying to figure out why he was in there. I was like, surely it's not because he's the you know Downfall award-winning <laughs> portrayal of uh, one of the most famous historical monsters of all humankind. Uh, it turns out, I guess, he is also um, famous on the stage for Dante's Inferno. Or the Divine Comedy. Yes. I'm not sure if the whole Divine Comedy or that. So I was like, oh, okay. Because, you know, he was playing a character. You know, he was playing that. Yeah. They, he, he's going through. His name was... This movie is very much a... Because if there's anybody listening saying, like, what are they even talking about? How they about what they like. So this movie is set up in chapters, uh, confessional style between five, five, six, something like that. Between uh, Matt Dillon's Jack and uh, at first an unnamed character named or that eventually is uh, called Verge, which I would say. uh, And then at the end of the movie or towards the end. It stops being a series of vignettes about the life and times of Jack the Serial Killer and then turns into a mythical journey, Uh, a mythical journey led by uh, one Virgil through layers of heck. (laughs) Layers of darn heck. Um, Also, some would call that layers of Lars von Trier throwing Matt Dillon and Mr. Gantz into a cave with a cameraman and a flashlight and telling him, don't come out until you have the shots. Uh, I, you know, actually, for all I know, it could have been Lars himself behind the camera uh, and a cattle prod it just poking. Probably was. Like, no, keep going into this. Keep going into all this watery cave where, yeah, you might drown. It's fine. He feels like the director who would do yeah, that. No, he probably did find the gate to hell. 
<laughs> yes, I walk this. So yeah, it it definitely does a a, a black hole esque shift in paradigm. However, it fits well compared to like say the black hole with its infamously what is going on this was a sci-fi movie uh ending but it reminded me of that it's like oh we're just gonna shift gears here into something truly different i mean same theme in the yeah black hole is actually a really uh, good comparison point yeah i was like here's this one movie and we're gonna end it with a completely different movie Using the same actors, and here we go. Uh, yeah, um, it was it was fun for a given value of the word. Watching a serial killer fail upward. I, the, okay, so if <laughs> why do you think that I picked this movie for you? Like, why this one? And also, why do you think I put it off for oh. so for so long? Oh, okay. You know what? See, this is... I've thought about this and it still puzzled me. So first, uh, it's one that you've already discussed. Lars von Trier film. Uh, it's like, if anything, you know, if it was either going to be Gaspar Noe or no, uh, or Lars von Trier. I was like, yeah, here's some art. I'm going to throw some art in your face uh, by a director who likes to throw art in people's faces. So that was the first part. Uh, the second one was a... expectation subversion of films I don't like which is slasher films while technically being a slasher film just not a slasher horror film uh, to me uh, maybe maybe slasher since I don't care for the genre all that much maybe a slasher is by default horror but dude's going around serial killing people but it's not a horror film in my opinion yeah this this movie is or doesn't fit any of the uh, templates that i normally associate with and this is not something that i that i expected whenever because i hadn't watched this movie before i just i i anticipate i was writing the hype and thinking that it was going to be uh i'd say more extreme than it was but the movie turned out to be a an incredible uncomfortable workplace comedy where a where yeah. a serial killer just just couldn't get everything just right it's just mondays over and over again yeah. and it's not They're like nothing goes quite right yeah and it's not as if he is failing uh, at being a serial killer it's just uh did i it's it's the it's those did i live did i leave the lights on uh did i turn off the stove uh, oh no! I blinked during a photograph. Type type comedy. It's like and just gotta have to do it again, or maybe do it better. Or yeah. I can't believe I left my wallet in or the, the car. Or uh, you know, art imitating life with uh, was it Bundy? Who like the police caught him for all intents and purposes, and then let him go because he just bullshitted his way out of it despite the overwhelming um alarm bells that should have been going off and all of the red flags that did get raised because they stopped him in the first oh, place was that's it, about that was it, that's, it might have been Dahmer, but like there's yeah. that's a dozen uh, oh, oh may have been i mean that's true it's just like 
And so succeeding despite everybody's best efforts. And what came to mind was, you know, for all uh, all seven of you listening to this, I'm sorry, I've not seen the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I've seen the Daniel Craig one. So I'm going to just go with what the Daniel Craig one said. It's probably in the same. But when Stellan Skarsgård is giving him the speech of, like, all of your you know instincts told you to run and you were too polite and you stayed here anyway. That felt like just the whole movie. It's like, no, all of you, you got the red flags. Your instincts were all correct. All five, six times that were just in the show. Like not even all of his deaths, all of his kills, just these were five or six or whatever it ended up being. Um, well, yeah, so like that movie came to mind too. So the black hole and girl with the dragon tattoo uh, came to mind, like on those two specific types of instances. The I was happy to find out that I guess Uma Thurman and Matt Dillon were confused by their dialogue, and Matt Dillon came up with why he would possibly why. She, Uma Thurman, or she came up with one of those two. They were discussing, like, why on earth would this character say these things? And one of them came up with, like, well, maybe, maybe they, maybe she doesn't actually say these. This is just what's going on inside the head of the serial killer. Because it's a, um, what was it? It's a not hijacking situation, uh, not jaywalking, not hit. Hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not hijack, not jaywalk. Hitchhike. Hitchhiking situation in the mountainous regions of nowhere where you're going to get murdered. And uh, so one of them approached Lars and said, hey, is this what's going on? It's like, yeah, I did that on purpose. And I was like, hey, I was also confused for the dialogue and thought it was probably something like that. It's like, hey, I caught something. And I just going like, Wow, she's dumb. It's like it's saying that, but in a different way. Right. <laughs> it's she's she's being mocked by her own dialogue. I was like, that's a, that was pretty cool. Like that's not bad, and also not. Oh yeah, I meant to do that, and not believing a director. I can actually believe Lars when he says that. Like if he makes that claim, not getting points for it later. Oh. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I totally meant to do that. It's like, no, that considering the rest of the dialogue in the movie, that wasn't an accident. I like the idea that the house that Jack built is is your gateway to more Lars von Trier movies. Like, you know what? Maybe I Maybe will I'll finish, finish Nymphomaniac and then go watch Antichrist. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch the second one. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Maybe I will. Maybe. Maybe I will. Maybe I do <laughs> like this weird German who is the most conceited man I will alive. Be... Oh. <laughs> Oh, he is definitely attempting to keep that crown, uh, trying real hard. Uh, we'll see. I might be, ch- I might be forever chasing that dragon because I really enjoyed this film, and I have a, f- and I was not enjoying my time in Nymphomania. Okay, all right. Well, hold on, hold on. Uh, I'm pause real quick so that we can continue. Sure. Uh, this movie right here, uh, the house that Jack built, is it bullshit? Absolutely not. Everybody should watch it. I'm sorry. Please continue. Uh, it is not bullshit. Oh, there we go. Abs- not bullshit. There we go. I'll, I'll put my... It is not bullshit at mm, all. Delicious. Okay. So... <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to chase this... Dra- I'll be chasing this dragon forever uh, because I'll just watch, like, 
they're all watch all of volume one of no filmmaking they're like no that just wasn't that just really didn't do it for me and then it's like well maybe it's the whole story that i'll watch the second volume of it like it's no this is still just not as good and then i'm gonna go to a lot of other things and just every time it's gonna be like this <gasps> is not i watched his best movie first all the way through oh that would be that'd be <laughs> i would hate that for you if you watched the house that jack built went back through the rest of the filmography like i don't like this at all <laughs> Ugh. what made uh, you think that i like the rest <laughs> of these and uh, uh what a journey oh, like that would be such a journey to realize that you don't like Lars von Trier after liking the first one that you got all the way through because the rest of them are just oh. an absolute workout <laughs> I, I'm i not sure how I would have felt if I had watched Mandy before watching Beyond the Black Rainbow you would I don't know if this podcast would have even gotten made I think I think I would have been so mad that I wouldn't have even wanted to have started this podcast. I would have been so disappointed. It's like, oh, I love this director. Watch his other movie. Right, I'm going to cut all that because there will be I no hate this guy. Beyond the Black Rainbow <laughs> Slander uh, in these parts. Oh, no, no. We covered all of my Black, Beyond the Black Rainbow Slander. Uh, I, I did not enjoy my... Uh, as a refresher, I did not enjoy my time. It was beautiful art. Everybody should watch it. Yeah, I'm just... And that's why I started this podcast. My notes here, cut from this minute to this minute. <laughs> cut from here. Okay. Yeah, it's all cut. We're going to go on for 15 minutes all cut. Here we go. <laughs> Let me tell you about my continued feelings about Beyond the Black Rainbow. No. Okay. So back to uh, back to the house that Jack built. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved it. I, I, uh, I did not expect to, especially with the name and my previous... In- Lack of enjoyment with part of his only other film that I had seen. So there we go. I was I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed this film. And also, while Matt Dillon ages, it feels like he ages sideways. Uh, like he just goes into a different, equally handsome form while not actually, you know, heading towards death. Oh yeah, no, he's gonna he's probably gonna be a hot corpse. That's just that's just gonna what it's gonna be. We yeah, can all be yeah, so lucky. It was pretty amazing because, like, also he can definitely uglify himself with some of the, uh, the some of the eighties fashion that he can put on, and then just like in uh, was it uh, imitating a Bob Dylan scene with the uh, flashcards? We're gonna have to investigate. Like, yeah, I'm how, just gonna put on a leather jacket. Yeah, we're gonna have to investigate the, your how you have internalized aesthetics. I say this maybe every other episode, but I am. I'm so deeply intrigued by you saying like, "Oh, I've got to ugly him up with '80s fashion." Can you? Can you? I thought it was going to have a '70s filter, but why? Why do you believe? No, that? Uh, <laughs> oh, it was just because of previous. Th- well, filter is because of the previous things we've watched for this podcast, uh, or related to this podcast. Um, and then, as far as the the fashion is like, making sure you're getting like the real big frames, and like trying to look like a serial killer like for especially the first thing like that type of thing like oh yeah you look like an absolute creep and then like then there's the uh was it uh then there's the flashcard one it's like yeah i'm just gonna wear a leather jacket and toss on my hair and uh ta-da transformed <laughs> it, it's like the real version of like you know Oh look! Look at this beautiful woman. I'm gonna put glasses on, and oh no, she's just the ugliest duckling in the world. 
Uh, he can pull that off weirdly enough. <laughs> so I found the right glasses. Oh, look at that! I'm absolutely making kids appear on milk just cartons. A, just a reverse team like rom com every time. Rob. <laughs> every every time. Yeah, so that was amazing uh, transformations within a movie. There we go. So yeah, we've talked. I had a lot of words to say about this. So uh, if you have more words to say to Tyler, also, uh, hopefully you are friends with him on Facebook and you should DM him. <laughs> just send him a message and, and say, I too have thoughts on this. Absolutely. This BS right here at gmail.com. Uh, or you can uh, get on our uh, Facebook page of this BS right here. Uh, because I wasn't sure if they were going to let me say this bullshit right here for that. I'll just make sure and say it every time on this episode. Also, I forgot to say at the beginning of the episode. Haha, faked you out. It's not Anomalisa. <laughs> We're watching Anomalisa next episode. Yeah, of course. Yes, absolutely. I don't know how we messed it up at this point. <laughs> so weird how, th- how these episodes uh, got alrighty. uploaded well, out of order. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Definitely out of order. Uh, All right. Well, I think that's the end of the show. So good night, Ron. Good night.